Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome back to Forbidden Knowledge News. I'm your host, Chris Matthew. Today, my guests are Mick and Velen from the Patriot Party podcast. Before I bring them on, just a couple of announcements. I'm still on a road trip for just a couple of more days, but I'm still doing as many shows as possible while traveling. And you can always get new episodes free on Rockfin, Odyssey, and all podcast platforms. Go check us out on Rockfin. That's where you get our premium content. Check out all the podcasts we're featuring on the Forbidden Knowledge Network. You get those on our website, forbiddenknowledge.news, and follow us on Facebook. All those links are also in the description. Tonight, I want to welcome Mick and V. Lynn from the Patriot Party Podcast. They have been a dynamic duo for more than 30 years. Mick served for 21 years in the Army with 19 tours under his belt in special forces and military intelligence. He is one of the most decorated enlisted soldiers the Army has ever produced with four Purple Hearts, a Silver Star, three Bronze Stars, and an Akram with Valor. Although he is now retired, he maintained his friends and sources on the inside and often gets information before anyone else. v ran a multi-million dollar business before Mass and Mandates changed her path to homeschool mom. She is constantly looking for the answer to the ultimate question, why? She puts the puzzle pieces together in ways that show an even bigger picture as everything is connected together with their podcast, The Patriot Party. They are fighting for freedom and trying to show the country the truth about what's going on in today's world. Mick and V. Lynn, welcome. How are you guys doing? We're doing awesome, Chris. Thanks for having us on. Um, it's, uh, it's an honor. I'm really excited to be here tonight. Yeah, even if it is just a green screen, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Our background doesn't like two people. So, Zoom does not um, like two people. Yeah. yeah. 
doesn't like two people. So oh, that's okay. You guys look great anyway. And it's definitely great to have you on. And man, I had a great time with you uh, last time at our little gathering that we had last month. And uh, you guys are doing amazing work with your podcast. You're bringing important information and really amazing insights to your audience. And now you can hopefully pick up some of my audience as well. So tonight's going to be very fun. It's going to be very interesting and educational for me because we're going to be discussing some really cool topics like the Templars and RH negative bloodlines, which I've actually not done that many shows on. I'm not even sure I've done any shows on the Templar. So this is going to be really fun. Uh, we're going to be talking about that and the connections to some of the events that could be unfolding, unfolding right now. But uh, this is your first time on. I'd love for you both to tell us what got you each started down your path. Well, I guess you go first on that one because you're <laughs> the more recent converted. Well, that that's that's true. Although Mick did take a, a big red pill recently, so um, what's you know, and and the red pill for us, it's not political. It's more, uh, it's the awakening. It's understanding that all is not right with the world. Um, that almost everything you've been taught and told is a lie, and uh, trying to figure out what the truth is. I I took my red pill. Well. I hate to say that I actually used to be a liberal, um, not... She used to be a tree hugger. <laughs> uh, I lived in Colorado for about five years, actually, and, and it, was a, it was a blast. I had a great time. I didn't care about politics. I didn't really care about much of anything except just doing my thing, you know? And then when Mick and I got married, I mean, we grew up together, so I've known him literally my entire life. And uh, we got married, and he was in the Army, and... All of a sudden, I couldn't pay our mortgage because the government shut down. And I was like, whoa, wait, wait, what? Uh, and then slowly but surely, I, uh, I started to have the wool pulled up from over my eyes. And then COVID hit. And, you know, I think that woke up the majority of the people that are awake right now. I knew right off the bat that it was bullshit. You know, there was, there was no way. And I was actually running a hotel at the time. And uh, my boss had a family emergency and was out of town. And it was St. Patrick's Day, which is the biggest holiday of the year here in Savannah, where we are. It's a huge, amazing party. Millions of people come. It was not even a week before St. Patrick's Day. My boss is out of town. I'm running the show. And I get a call from corporate that we're shutting down. Um, the hotel was staying open, but the entire city was shutting down. The state was shutting down. St. Patrick's Day was canceled. And uh, I was actually heading out to the, the parade on an island close to where we live. And it took me three hours to get there because it's a 20-minute drive. Not from traffic, just because I spent that much time driving around and wrapping my head around everything that I knew was coming. I saw the writing on the wall right off the bat. Um, I, I knew the whole thing was a hoax. I knew it was all a setup for something. I didn't know what it was. And, uh, and I had to figure out how to tell 200 people that they weren't going to have a job. And I knew the eight weeks they were telling us was bullshit. Um, and, uh, and then all of a sudden I didn't have a job either. And it's, it's kind of rolled from there. I, I went back for a while. I was furloughed for a, just over a year. And, uh, I went back and when I went back right off the bat, I told everybody at work, I was like, you know, um, here soon, you know, all you people that have been, that have taken this poison death jab, you're going to end up having to have a booster or it's not going to count. And then they're going to ask you for your papers. Like we're in Nazi Germany, 1933. And they were like, Oh, you're a crazy conspiracy theorist. And now they're all calling me and 
apologizing and telling me that I was right. So, um, you know, that, that's a huge, huge red pill. Um, but, uh, there, there's a whole nother backstory too that, that we'll get into a little bit later because the other thing I've come to realize in this journey is that there is something much greater than all of us in place here. E even the ones that are trying to control everything right now. Um, there's plans in place that were not made by man and uh, they're just being carried out. We're all along for the ride and everything is, everything truly happens for a reason and some of us are a big part of that reason um, or a big part of implementing what's going to happen. And we're all starting to come together. We've met people in the past six months um, that we've known before, but probably would have never met at the method, the way we met them. Yeah, absolutely. To include yourself. I mean, you're kind of one of those people. I mean, we found out about your wife and everything and <clears throat> found out about her background and her military background and where she comes army wise and uh, come to find out that I happen to be in the same place at the same time as her ex and her brother, uh, her brother and uh, found out that her brother didn't make it from what we pulled him from. But um, we were in the same place at the same point in time. It was quite odd to be. I've never been on that side of it before. I've never been where I was that guy where somebody said, hey, yeah, uh, yeah, you know him? And I was like, uh, yeah, uh, that's an odd name. Where did you, how do you know him? Oh, I'm his sister. And that kind of really threw me for a loop. Never, ever, ever thought that I'd ever be in that position where I had to answer to some of the questions she asked me. And it's not that it's embarrassing or anything. It's just not stuff you kind of want to tell people, you know, about the last moments of their loved one's lives. It's kind of, kind of a, it's a fucked up role to play. And you kind of sit there and you kind of shake and scratch your head and go, Oh shit. Yeah. Uh, we were the guys that kind of went in to get him out and, uh, I knew he didn't make it. And, um, uh, she asked some poignant questions that I had to answer, and it was uh, a little odd, a uh, little off-footing, I guess, because I never, ever thought I'd be in that position. Uh, mine was completely opposite of hers. Uh, there was an incident that took place a bunch of years ago in Benghazi, um, and uh, I knew some information that the rest of America was not getting. The world, really. Uh, asked the question of my father, who is a retired two-star general. I asked him, I said, hey, Pop, what do I say about this? You know, because I know something that nobody else knows. And if I say it, uh, I'm afraid of what will happen to me. But more or less, I'm what I'm really afraid of is that the story never, ever gets out there. And um, he asked, kind of asked me in a ubiquitous way what I knew. And I tried to play it off like, well, it's nothing huge, but it's only like fucking gigantic. And it was. I mean, it was completely gigantic. I knew that everything about the video was bullshit. It was never about a video. Uh, we knew it was pre-planned the night of the attack. I knew it the day after the attack that it was pre-planned. I knew what the president was briefed the night before, which is, oh, this was not a pre-planned attack. I knew that... Um, Everybody that had come out was directed to say that this was about a video, that this was about some video that made fun of Muhammad, so that's why they were all up in arms, which we all know is complete crap now because we've all seen we've all seen the movie. Everybody's everybody knows what took place. If you've seen Thirteen Hours, you know exactly what happened in Benghazi. And to understand what those guys went through and to sit there and say, Wow, they were just kind of left to hung out and dry, I was uh and it wasn't just 
you know, the, the guys that I knew that were on the ground there. It wasn't just the operators that were there defending the CIA folks. It was also the CIA folks, which really took me for a loop because normally we don't leave them out strung out like that, especially a bunch of office folks that aren't used to fighting. Um, there were a lot of people called upon that night to do a lot of things that they weren't supposed to do. And I was just like, wait a minute, uh, why is this just getting swept under the rug? Why isn't this, why is this just being covered up? Why aren't we calling these people out? And, uh, as the screams got louder, I got louder about it and started telling other people, Hey, look, this is not what happened. That is not what took place. And, uh, to a couple points where I almost got in a lot of trouble for it. And they told me, Hey, look, you got to shut up. If you don't shut up, we're going to shut you up. And, uh, I, I took the writing on the wall, but I also knew that I had enough in the back. I had enough. I had taken off and made records elsewhere and say, go ahead, try and shut me up. I will make you all look like a bunch of fools. And uh, I still have that stuff. And it's all in my just in my I call it the oh shit box for when everything goes to oh shit. And then I can I can play my cards as I see fit you know, and dealt to do because there's just a lot of crap that a lot of people didn't know that I knew that was all BS because what I was listening to on the news, oh, it's about a video. Oh, well, this guy said, no, they made fun of Muhammad. No, it had absolutely nothing to do with that. Benghazi was nothing about that. It was a coordinated and staged attack that was done against our embassy there because they knew Chris Stevens was alone. And uh, Chris Stevens, Sean Parnell, and uh, the two operators, uh, Tyrone Woods and... Uh, uh, I'm trying to remember the other guy's name, uh, but both of them, all three of them, all four of them were killed that night. And it's just four, four people that with what we had in the area, they should never have died. And that is the worst part of it is I knew that there were four people hung out to dry, uh, made to look like lepers. So it looked like something that Republicans did. And that's what really pissed me off is they really pushed this, you know, the left, and the right, they say, well, they're not, they're the same bird, same bird, two different wings. Two, two wings of the same bird. But my issue with that is that that night, the left definitely ma tried to make it look like it was a right issue that, oh, well, the right let this happen. Uh, no, that was not the case at all. And there was a lot of that name calling going on behind the scenes. And there's a lot of crap that just, I mean, if America was truly aware as to what took place that night, I mean, I, I showed her some of it. I didn't show her everything I knew, but and I said, when he says he has evidence or that he knows these things, it's, it's not just that he heard them. Like he, he has physical printed evidence that said that like, Hey, president, you know, POTUS was brief this at this hour. I, I know exactly the hour in which he was briefed it. I knew exactly when he knew it. And I can tell you right now, all the bullshit that they said about it, that's all crap. He was never briefed that. He was never told that. The CIA folks on the ground never said that. Um, and, and mind you, up to that point, that was right before Mick retired. I mean, just, just before yeah, Mick retired. Yeah, a couple years. Not even. And um, yeah, I guess. Yeah, it was a 2016. Couple, it was 2012 or 2011 yeah. that happened. Um, but he did 21 years in the service. He was Special Forces, CAG, military intelligence. Um, he did 19 combat tours. Mick's literally done it all. He's seen it all. And he grew up in the military industrial complex, right? His dad was a general. His, uh, his uncle's a general or godfather, whatever. Um, no, one of, great one grandfather. Of the, one of the top generals. No, I was talking about oh. Uncle Jack. Um, you know, his, uh, yeah, his, his sixth generation army and the five before him were all generals. This man grew up in the American military. He was completely immersed in the system. So Benghazi for him, 
I mean, ripped the wool off of his eyes. It was quite a wake-up call because everything that he'd ever known in his entire life, everything that he grew up to believe about what the military was about and what this country was about was all turned out to be a lie in one night. Yeah, pretty much shattered. And and all these stories that you hear that, I mean, what took place that night, just to hear the recounted, you know, what everybody talks about, <clears throat> the movie was actually very, I was like, holy crap. I mean, that was, from what I understand, what took place that night, that is dead on, dead nuts on to everything, to the type of station chief that was present there that night, to everybody who did what they did. I mean, that is all dead, dead nuts on. For sure. Well, Mick, thank you so much for your service. And yeah, what a what a fucking hell of a way to find out. And the more you learn about our history and reality in general, uh, the more heroes you lose from your your childhood, the more the less people you look up to in government and politics and military. And it just, you know, all these things that are glamorized start to fall away. I mean, for me, you know, I wanted to go out there ride a horse and, you know, yell about pedophiles, the, the government being corrupt and politicians trying to enslave us. But, you know, people have to be ready to hear this. And that's what I learned really quick. in, in uh, my journey is that I can't go around and try and force this on people that aren't ready. But uh, we got a lot of dots to cover tonight. And I want to know where should we start, especially when it comes to the Templars and their history, because there's a lot of misunderstandings, first of all, and we have to connect this to what's going on today and what Velen was saying about the possible off-world connections to, you know, anything that could be going on beyond our perception. So where should we start with uh, the Templars? Well, I wish there was like, I wish there was a way like Corey does and Corey lays out such a beautiful presentation of a timeline and everything else. I wish there was a way I could say a timeline. It really right. depends on which version of the Templars you want to hear about. And mm. a lot of, now Mick's been studying Templars for years, just it always fascinated him. And I personally have a theory. I have a lot of theories, but one of my personal theories is that the subjects, the time periods that most interest you represent your past lives, right? Mm -hmm. I fully believe in past life, reincarnation, maybe not for everybody, but I think that, um, you know, when you die, you return to the source and you have the option to come back again. Some people choose to come back in certain times to accomplish certain things. Um, I, I think a, a lot of the people that are here now are in this time very specifically because of what's going on right now um, and what's to come. But uh, so Mick, Mick has a very strong connections to the Templars and he's always been fascinated by it and he's read pretty much everything that he can find about the Templars. My Templar information is more family lore, right? My family. Um, so it, essentially I'm a, I'm a, well, I'm a Wittenbach. So, which is the Royal family of Bavaria. Um, go, and so I can trace my family line back almost 2000 years. Um, Mick comes from the well, royal family of Scottish Scot royalty. Scottish royalty, which then got kicked out of Scotland and ended up in Ireland. Um, so he can also trace his family back 2,000 years. And actually both the, well, you know, all the royal bloodlines are connected. They're all intermarried at some point or another. Not so much the Celts as the European ones, but, um, you know, I'm related to the, the Habsburgs and um, the, pretty much all the, the royal families down to the Romanovs. I mean, they're, you know, we're all, we're all related. I come down a bastard line. 
um, before it was corrupted by the Rothschilds uh, because they deliberately intermarried into the royal family bloodlines with the object of corrupting them, right? They, wa they wanted to take over the royal families. Um, they eliminated a lot of the bastards. They didn't catch us all because back in the day, they didn't really keep records of, you know, where they were, um, who, they, who they were with, you should say. So, uh, so anyway, so a lot, of, a lot of the knowledge that we've pieced together has been a, a combination of things that we've researched, things that Mick studied, and family stories that have been passed down. So, so like I said, it depends on which timeline you want. Because well, there's, there's maybe we should uh, start with your, uh, the, your best understanding of the original purpose of the formation of the Templars. Well, obviously, the original that's an easy one. That's, that is actually very easy. Obviously, it was to protect the road <clears throat> leading from Jerusalem back to Europe during uh, the first and second. Um, well, that was their that was their function, but that wasn't why they were. No, no, no. Formed. That's why they were formed. They were actually. It started out as a group of knights. Uh, they were a group of knights from different kingdoms uh, that started out protecting the road from Jerusalem back to Europe, and uh, they during the first crusade and their original function was to protect that road and uh as they grew in size as more knights joined on because they all th saw the uh the linear uh progression of this and what was happening on that road because what was happening on that road was murder death destruction i mean it was mm -hmm. pretty much all out slaughter anybody returning from jerusalem back to England was getting slaughtered on the way. Well, actually it was France. It wasn't even England at the time in the first crusade. Um, they were going back to France and on their way back, they were being slaughtered basically all their treasure, everything being stolen, whatever they took with them, it was getting taken. Uh, the Knights were basically formed to protect those roads. Now, what eventually happens, and this is where now again, you get into the timeline, which timeline do you want to follow? Because there is the Arthon Ar Arthonian legend, which is that the knights were formed. Uh, the Templar knights were always there to protect Christian lands and Christian people. There is uh, the second one, which is uh, the Orgathonian idea of what the knights were, which is more the French idea of what the Knights Templar were and what the Knights Templar did. And then you have this third sect that came in much, much later. And this is the one I tend to agree with more because there's, it's got so many different pieces of both the Arthur legend and the uh, Orgathonian legend mixed into one. And I call that the Brown legend because Dan Brown was not really too far off with all the research he had done into the Knights. So if you've watched any of the Tom Hanks movies, and I know he's... He's, he's the top of the pedo list. He's the top list. of the pedo list. You, I've got him on. You mentioned pedophiles. One thing yeah. Mick did uh, with his access is he compiled a list of known pedophiles throughout the Which government Hollywood. He's, oh, he's, my, good he job. A with Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Quite a bit. It's scary. A bit, man. It's terrifying. So I and I know uh, you know Tom Hanks is right up there, but one of the things Dan Brown did in his books, he did a lot of research into both the legends of the knights, and uh, he skipped over a couple key parts that I thought were huge, and the big one that the biggest one is obviously uh, the misconception of what Sarah or S dot A dot R dot A was, and it was actual treasure shipped upon a ship that the knights transported at one point from Jerusalem back to France. And this ship had upon it cargo. And one of the things I found was I found an old, uh, it's a- uh, Manifest. No, it wasn't even, a, it was a, uh, it was a guy's written log, uh, just a dude on the, he was a- um, Like the like the harbor master. Yeah, he was a brother of one of the Benedictine orders of <laughs> the monks that served out of this one church. And he saw the knights come back on this one night and uh, they didn't bring their horses with them, which was really odd for him because if they didn't bring their horses with them, it meant all their horses died in battle. A knight's horse was taken care of better than the knight. Like these horses are huge too. These things are fierce. They're, they're old war horses. They're gigantic. They stand about roughly about a little over 12 feet at the shoulder. Uh, they're big damn horses. They probably weigh close to a ton each. So to get hit by one of these horses, you're talking about you're taking the full brunt of a ton of mass just moving at you. These war horses were no joke. Well, for the knights to leave their horses, it meant that the horse died. In which case, the knights had a ceremony and there was a funeral for the horse. And these these horses were carried off into the afterlife like you or I if we were brother yeah, knights. They didn't go to the glue, fla the fa the glue factory. No, you know? these... No. Horses were taken care of. They were cherished. Uh, one of the most cherished items on a knight was the horse. They always used to joke about what was the cher most cherished item, their sword or their horse. And the horse obviously took the reins. But the big part about it was that this guy, uh, this monk, he saw them come back with no horses. And he thought that was odd. Then he looked at the cargo manifest of what was coming off of the ship. And the only bit of cargo, and he saw millions of boxes taken off the ship in one night. And he knows it was a night ship because he actually details the size. Because the big deal with the knight's hulls, the knight's hulls actually ran above the uh, center mass on a, a boat, like where they had their captain's quarters and their crew quarters. Then the hull went above that. And it made like a really tall wall all the way around the ship where you couldn't see over it. And the reason was because back then in Jerusalem, going down, sailing around that part of the ocean, it was really violent. And they had water that just crashed into the hull all the time. And if you were on the deck, you were getting your ass beat by the sea. Well, they built these walls that were like twice that the size of a man. And they're recorded in history. And in this guy's manifesto that he left behind, he said that he noticed that all these boxes were coming off the boat all night long. And the only bit of cargo that was ever listed on the manifest, and it's all in French, but it's listed as S.A.R.A. Which for the longest time didn't mean anything to me. Didn't think anything about it. But I knew who Sarah was. <clears throat> then we heard a story about... Jesus Christ possibly having a child. Jesus um, Christ did have a child. Jesus and Mary Magdalene were married. 
They were married. They were betrothed as children. Mary Magdalene was a princess. Um, <clears throat> and this, again, goes back to the Dan Brown story because he had that part right. He was married. He did have, um, he literally had a companion, and that was Mary Magdalene. Mary Magdalene uh, was his, would have been considered his wife. She is listed in the, you can see her in the Last Supper, everybody. She had all of that right. All of that story, that part of the story is 100% right. The part that he doesn't have right is that they picked up with Mary's body and they left Jerusalem. No, the knights did not leave Jerusalem with Mary's body. The knights left Jerusalem, well, they did leave Jerusalem with Mary's body, but they did not only leave with Mary's body. Sarah also accompanied them. Sarah was the name of Mary's and Jesus's daughter. And that was actually their second child. They had a, a little boy before they had Sarah, and they recently found his tomb um, just outside of Jerusalem, maybe four or five years ago. So Sarah's brought back to France, and in France, uh, Sarah is then, all of a sudden, this is, uh, this is October, uh, this is early October, well, no, it's late September um, 1319. October 13th, 1319, which also happens to be Friday the 13th, or October the 13th, 1319, uh, the Pope declares all the knights in France throughout all of Europe heresy they're all heretics they're to be burnt at the stake they're to be killed on site uh no knights templar will survive uh all of a sudden on october 12th 1319th there is one ship that sails from the same port and this brother monk again he records it that this ship sailed all he knows is it took off east he has no idea where it was headed crew had no idea where they were going they had planned for enough for three months and that's all we know the boat took off um, they, and they said that there was one piece of cargo. So it was one box that was hauled onto the ship and there was one extra person. And this person was, as he listed it, mid-level in height, um, roughly could have been a child, could have been a boy, could have been a girl, couldn't tell because it was the middle of the night. Again, they never did anything during daylight. Every time the knights left, they did everything in the middle of the night. Again, however, he did note one really strange fact. None of their horses were taken again which is really weird. The knights never went anywhere without their horses. They always took their horses. Um, none of their horses were taken. So this was really odd to this guy. And uh, this has been now researched twice. I know a lot of people have looked into this. People have gone and found this guy's memoir. I'm trying to remember his name. His name is not coming back to me. But the second I remember it, you'll know because I'm going to spit it out and you'll be like, what the hell is that? I'm, that's the guy. <laughs> anyway. This guy has got another, so he has two total entries that really concern me because nobody asked questions about S.A.R.A. And I began to ask questions myself to figure out what that exactly meant. Uh, took me a little while to finally figure it out, but it did, it does work out to a daughter. We did find uh, when it was really, really interesting because when they found the Dead Sea Scrolls, that's the first time you ever hear any mention of a child. Um, that Jesus had and they mentioned the child's name and in there the names s-a-r-a-h not s-a-r-a which I thought was really interesting that there was no h on the end of any of those transcripts that either that brother monk knew about or that was listed on any of their cargo pa you know passengers it was never listed as a passenger but always as an acronym mind you that now you know that 
the Templars were in what, 1200, 1300, yep. right? Obviously, that was 1,000, 1300 years after Jesus died, after Sarah. Um, but one of their primary functions became to protect the bloodline. So Sarah had a child, you know, that child had a child, that ha child had a child, and they always named the daughter Sarah. So Sarah passed all the way down. So when the knights actually evacuated the last Sarah from Jerusalem, and they went to France with her, um, she actually founded what they called the Coptic Christians, right? Which is, they say, the truest sect of Christianity to Jesus's teachings. And the Coptic Christians were also completely destroyed, obliterated by the Roman Catholic Church. Um, I mean, massacred. It was a horrible massacre. But not before Sarah married into the French royal family. So, and that's where the RH negative blood comes in. So, well, if you following that story, that would be accurate up until the 13th, obviously October the 13th. I mean, that is obviously 1319, which is Friday the 13th, which is what we all despise. The th Isn't it weird how we, we have find genetic memory of how horrible Friday the 13th was. That's why we still talk about it to this day a thousand years later. Don't we all find it a little weird that we find October the 13th such a bad day Friday or Friday the 13th, the 13th yeah. even if it's yeah. not a number, we just find Friday the 13th such a bad day. So this moves forward and uh, as she said uh, you know Sarah did marry into uh, the bloodlines. Now this is much after the obviously the, the Friday the Thirteenth, but it's weird because it happened in such a way that she ended up back in the European bloodlines, which is just odd. Because why would you come back if you were hunted at one point, unless you're no longer hunted, unless they already thought they killed you, which now you start getting into because essentially the Templar, if you look at the Templar, they kind of shift roles. They went away from so. First part about that, this is the in most interesting part. And this really started just here recently. I started watching Curse of Oak Island. A friend of mine turned me on and said, hey, you need to start watching the Curse of Oak Island. And I said, why is that? He said, well, they started finding, finding Templar bits on Oak Island. Um, that would have been about the same time that they probably made landfall in Nova Scotia. That wouldn't be odd to me to find out that maybe Sarah's tomb or Mary's tomb has been moved, and that's where it is now. Um, everybody who thinks that the cup or the cup of life is a chalice, it's not. It is a bloodline. It has been a bloodline. This now goes into grail lore. Now we start talking about Arthonian legends and with Arthur and what King Arthur thought uh, the grail was as to what everybody, but essentially it is not a cup. It is a bloodline. Every, there's been plenty, there's plenty of grail export experts out there that will tell you it's not about a cup it's about a bloodline it's all about jesus's bloodline because if we were to show that jesus was man it eliminates any part of him and this is kind of what the council of nicaea did they eliminated any part of showing that jesus was a man they destroyed it and they had to make jesus look like a god um does it make him a god or not is immaterial uh, i think he can be both i don't see why he couldn't be both why not um but according to all of everything i've ever read the nicene council and everything that took place after the council of nicaea and there's three more councils of nicaea that took place before they finally agreed as to what catholics would believe which i'm a catholic so of course i'm going to look into that yeah and the 
three more councils of it. And it was finally King James who said, nope, this is what we're going to believe. This is what it is. Stop with all the other bullshit. We're done. And what you got today is a whole bunch of bastardized texts that were not actually part of the original Bible. Which so, well, hold on. Then we get into notice what he said that th right there, that the Catholic or the Council of Nicaea and King James decided what Catholics were going to believe. Yeah, for sure. They were already they were controlling thought back then, and mm. it's never stopped. They've used the same playbook for. 2000 years to try and control our thoughts and our actions and everything that we do. So. so you fast forward to the actual creation of the Catholic Church, which obviously happened under King James. And King James originally was a pagan. And all of that is true. The paganism, all of that stuff, when the pagan lords came down and that kind of eliminated the pagan belief and Christianity sprung up and took hold in England and took hold in France, Christianity was the one... Um, where they talked, uh, they talked about the uh, witch's hammer, where they were throwing women, and they weren't going after. They were going after specific women. They were looking for a bloodline because they were completely convinced that Sarah made it out of Jerusalem. So now they're looking for this individual child who is now reproduced, not more than once, but actually a dozen times, um, and has reproduced on uh, a, a secular level, if you will, because they were. She had been bred into the king line because they thought, what better way to hide a child than to have them, you know, essentially marry into royalty. And now that bloodline is protected because it's royalty. Who's going to let their king and queen get slaughtered? Nobody. So the knights actually made moves to get Sarah introduced to a prince who she eventually marries and in France and that carries on in that bloodline but all and to say that all the bloodlines are connected it is quite comical because it is um, when you start looking at all the royal the original royal bloodlines this the Celts um, the Germanians uh, you had the French the Germanians the Italians the Celts uh, the Saudis um, the House of Saud that was actually the biggest one um, the Eastern European, which I'm trying to remember exactly, uh, not uh, the well, Mongoli Mongolians would be a part of that uh, yep. because back then Mongolians were around still. So you still had the Mongolians and you still had the Japanese. If you look at all of the bloodlines, then that's where you get into the RH negative factor that shows up in all of those bloodlines. Every single one of those bloodlines has an RH negative factor, which, as we know, RH negative is so RH negative is only well only they say 10 to 15 percent of the population of the entire world is rh negative i think at this point it's probably closer to about five percent um so the way they determined rh negative blood or the way they discovered it in the first place uh early 40s 1940s something like that yeah the ruses yeah <clears throat> the ruses monkeys yeah from the ruses monkeys so the ruses monkey has a protein on their blood um that is the same in humans or in most humans, but 10% of the population does not have this protein, this RH factor. So that's actually how they determined evolution or how they said they proved evolution because we have the same, or most everyone has the same protein on their blood as the rhesus monkey. So therefore we must have evolved from rhesus monkeys. So that bears the question, where, where do I come from? Because I'm RH negative. So I, she doesn't have that I, protein. Exactly. I didn't descend from monkeys. And in evolution, um, you, you, don't, you don't lose things. 
you add things, right? You don't lose genes. You don't lose proteins. You gain them. That's that's how evolution works. That's so she's an is. alien. So yeah. So it, they say I'm an alien. Um, or or sometimes I. Well, anyway. Um, the crazy thing about Rh negatives, first off, we tend to be highly allergic to everything synthetic, which is why I say that I think it's down to only five percent of the population now because the jab being most definitely synthetic, um, I would be very interested to see the blood types of those people that died very quickly after receiving the jab because I would suppose that most of them are probably RH negative because we are allergic to everything synthetic. Uh, we also are high energy conduits. So I, for example, I have a higher personal electromagnetic field than most people. Uh, I can't wear a watch. I can't buy her a watch. Yeah. I, I kill a watch battery. I drain a watch battery in less than a day. She drained um, a Ryobi battery <laughs> just by touching it. Yeah. So I, uh, I, a $200 Ryobi battery, yeah. she literally destroyed it just I, by touching it. I drained that. I drained my car battery, actually. Uh, the Ryobi battery cost more to replace than the car battery. Uh, I've been known to pop light bulbs just touching them. Um so it's it's crazy. I used to I used to suck up energy. Now I actually put out energy because something's changed inside me. But we'll get to that in a little bit. Now, um, for, I want to stop you for a second. Now I've heard of the Rh negative blood when it comes to, like you said, aliens. Now um, I know that there is also a, a theory about a spiritual, a more spiritual aspect of it, to where you know, not necessarily alien, but more of a kind of pure cosmic uh, type of bloodline. But I want to go before we get too far into the RH negative. Do we know at all if this bloodline that the RH uh, is is this what you're referring to that uh, that Jesus and his bloodline was or or Sarah who had we, the RH negative? We believe that the females uh, carried Mary Magdalene carried an RH negative factor in her blood. We believe we're not sure. Okay. I we don't have her blood to actually test, but we believe that it comes from one side of the family. Now, whether it came from uh, Mary Magdalene or it came from Jesus is unknown. Or both. Uh, there, there is a very big possibility considering she was pregnant twice back then because you got to understand one of the things that happens if you are, for instance, I'm RH positive, even though I do come from a lineage of RH negative folks. Most of my family is RH negative. Um, She's RH negative. For us to have a child, she has to go get a shot her 28th week of pregnancy. And we, trust me, we know this because it's happened twice now. She had to go get a Rogam shot to uh, help produce the same protein so that the baby or the embryonic cell actually continues to exist and evolve in her body. Because if otherwise not, my will body, it. yeah, my body thinks that the, the alien growing inside me is actually an alien and uh, I'll spontaneously abort without this special shot, which they developed in the 50s, which is one of the reasons why all of the royal families intermarried so much. Because if an RH woman gives birth or gets pregnant by an RH positive man, then she will abort. She will miscarry every single time. Okay, this is getting interesting. Now, I got to stop you for a second. So... You're saying that the, the elites, like these, you know, these bloodlines, these these elite royal bloodlines, that that is why they're they're inbreeding is because they don't want to, you know, lose child among other things. Correct. Uh, oh man, that is that's fucking crazy. That's exactly correct. It just out of preservation of of the bloodline because they could not give birth. Uh, a, an Rh negative woman could not give birth to a baby with an Rh positive man. It's just physically impossible. We wow. are 
different genetic races. Okay. So if you think about and, the inbreeding hold, hold, hold that takes on. place at a, let, uh, let at, me, let me, let me get to that. Let me highlight that real quick. Okay. Right. Because everyone, yeah. they, they use, they use things to divide us, right? They use politics, they use race, they use religion, they use all these things to divide us. And they say that black people and white people are two different races. That is not true. There are two races on this planet, RH negatives and RH positives. And that's it. Man. That is crazy. Now, now, okay, now hold on. There is even a crazier part to this because there is some truth to that. Because the one of the things uh, after Solomon's Temple was raided and secluded, one of the things that was taken was uh, a vial or a chalice. There was a chalice removed, and supposedly it held the last little blood remaining of Jesus Christ. Supposedly it was there. That's what everybody considers the Grail. However, the Grail was also considered to be Mary's body because obviously it produced another child and it was willing to take on the, you know, whether you believe in God or not, it was willing to take on the Holy Spirit at that point and conceive another child uh, from God, essentially, where they're getting it. I mean, because Jesus wasn't really, I mean, he was a man, yes, but he was also holy. If you, you, you really boil it all down, he was a man who had needs and he met his needs and uh, her body was willing to take on that Holy Spirit, so to speak. So this cup of blood that left uh, King Solomon's temple and made its way back to France. Uh, supposedly made it back there, and uh, uh, it was just around 13. It was the same time frame that the, the the Templars made it back, but it went to a church. And this church, if you look at it today, it looks like a castle. Everything around it, and it's now uh, monks hold it, and and supposedly it's one of those uh, last remaining areas that we have not. Nobody's been a ever able to examine it. Uh, mm. Supposedly, this cup remains there. Uh, it's in the middle of this this place, this place in Alestine, France. And there is, uh, if you look all the way around, there's a moat all the way around. It looks just like a knight's fort. Um, supposedly, it is an old Templar uh, last bastion. Now it's a church and a monastery where monks live there. They protect what's inside it. But right in the center of it, if you look from uh, Google Images, for instance, there is a weird like little shaped dome right in the center of it. It's got like a tower above it. And supposedly inside that little place right there, there is a cup. And that cup holds what many think is the last remaining blood of Jesus Christ. Now, over time, do I believe that it's still the same? No, I think it's been diluted probably year after year. They probably added water to it, whatever, to keep it wet. There's been some dilution to it. Um, do I believe there's a cup there? I believe there may be. It may be the last chalice that was, uh, you know, f you know, featured in everything else, the Last Supper and everything else that Jesus talks about. But it's not the Holy Grail. It's but not it's the not the thing. Holy Grail. It's not what everybody else like Catholics have become to believe that, you know, oh, we, we look at a mystical cup. We don't, but it's really, it's really all about the bloodline. It's something the church has tried to keep quiet for centuries. Um, and now only recently, you know, Dan Brown, when he wrote his books, a lot of people thought, oh, he's going to get killed. A lot of, there was a lot of grail historians out there that thought oh, Dan Brown's going to die because he's telling a story that is not accepted by not only grail historians and people who are dead set in the Arthonian legend that believe, oh, it's a chalice. It was a chalice that caught Jesus's blood. And there were three knights that were kept there to protect it and blah, blah, blah. That did happen. We're not disagreeing that that happened, but we also don't believe that that chalice remained in Jerusalem like everybody claims. We believe it moved out a lot later than 
when the knights left and the knights brought i mean they were so they were so dead set on leaving it was crazy they we have there's uh, documents out there of them riding to a port in jerusalem and they got off their horses and they walked on the boat and they said let's go and they were asked like five times by their you know muslim slaves that were sitting outside they were like don't you want us to put the horses on board no it'll let's go long. it'll take too long we have to leave now and they get on the fucking horse they get on the boat and they're gone that's it and it that is so unlike anything they've ever done before to leave their horses behind is to me is just that's the that's the crux of my argument i guess cuz they don't do that they never did that and this one they were why would you just leave all of a sudden you up and left you dug all night in king solomon's tomb you found something you took it out of there. Don't get me wrong. It's not one or two boxes. They took a bunch of boxes. But the one that just, the only one they marked on the manifest was Sarah, which to me blows my mind because how else do we look at that unless you have Mary's sarcophagus is what I'm thinking. You have Mary's sarcophagus. And at a minimum, you have the next bloodline. You have the next one in the bloodline. And they're removing both from Jerusalem, who at the time, we can't disagree. The Muslims were trying to do everything in their power to eliminate the Christians that were in Israel or in Jerusalem. I, I have to I have to argue with anybody that tells me any different on that because that's what the Muslims were sent there to do. Now, understand and at that, that point— And that was before Paul corrupted the memory of Mary Magdalene, so she was still treated like a— like Jesus, as Jesus' wife, right? Her memory was, was held up um, because we— we were always supposed to be a matriarchal society, right? It's always, it's always the women who really have the, the true power. We, we let you guys think that you're running the world, but um, the, the true power lies with the women. I've in, always said that the power is in the P. The power is in the P. It, it, but in, you know, and, and that's both on, on good and evil, right? Because um, I, I'm, I'm sorry, but without, without women, none of you would ever exist. Um, that's sure, sure. Just what it is, right? And the the greatest evil in the world, although we point at people like Bill Gates, um, George Soros, there's there's some very oh, powerful women behind them, right? If you think Melinda Gates isn't running the show, you've got something else coming. Um, or uh, uh, Evelyn De Rothschild, she's she is a big big power she player. She was huge, um, you know, running the evil side. And uh, the the rest of it is all, again, you know, it's it, easier to let you guys do what you want and let us control things and make you think you're in charge. And the crazy part, and it goes back to something, you know, we just talked about it not too long ago on one of our shows. Corey brought up a really good point, something I hadn't thought about in years, and I don't know why I haven't thought about it, but all of a sudden when Corey talked to us on the 22nd, Mm -hmm. and I'm telling you, that guy's a walking encyclopedia about JFK. <laughs> but when we started talking and I started putting some old pieces together of something I thought about a long time ago, and I, I, I brought this up to Vila and I said, L look at this. What if, and I, I'm spitballing here, but erase everything you have, you know about history from JFK on to today. Just erase everything you, you know, right? Go back to JFK. Do you remember any part of his platform? Corey knows this like backwards and forwards, and I'm sure you know it because you probably have been subject to it because you <laughs> listen to Corey. Yeah, so, I'm nowhere nowhere near as well versed as him, but uh, yeah, I've I've had I've had him on a few times, and uh, <laughs> I've, I've I've known a little bit about it. 
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know that he was, that JFK was trying to eliminate Israel from everything that was... Of course. Israel was about to get sectioned out. The CIA was not allowed, no longer going to have any power because JFK said, look, we're not going into Vietnam. I'm going to pull everybody back to the States. Does that sound familiar? Does that sound like, hey, I'm trying to pull everybody back to the U.S.? Kind of like somebody else just recently. America first, right. close the borders. Sounds like, you know, hey, we're going to, he's like, I'm going to take care of America. Yeah. And, and so let's just say for one second that he was the last legitimately elected president. How does that change everything you know about history? JFK passed. That changes everything. That means everybody else was installed. Well, then everybody yeah. brought to me, well, you're a big Trump supporter. What, how, how, does that, how does that fit with Trump? And I said, what if Trump, just I'm spitballing here, but what if Trump was like what Robin Williams was in that movie when he won the election? Like all of a sudden, suddenly of all, the machines malfunctioned and... Donald Trump won the presidency. How does that change everything? Because you can't, I'm sorry, you can't change the look of surprise or the look of foul, um, uh, foul ought that we saw in, for instance, uh, Hillary, the night that she, or the morning that she had to concede in her big purple dress. And she was wearing purple, which was a very telltale color. And I don't know how many people noticed that, but purple being worn on a, a day such as that is not exactly the color you wear. No, purple you, is the color of celebration and royalty. Yeah. And it, for her to wear purple out like she did, like Grape Ape, I was kind of like, wow, that's kind of a, a ding dong. That kind of set off bells and whistles in my head, like something else is going on here. Like, uh, this shouldn't be happening happening to me is the the take I took from that and if you apply all of that to what has happened and you look they can't kill Trump because that means they'd have to do what they did to JFK and they can't do that these days because everybody's got a damn cell phone everybody's got uh, some way of taking a picture so they couldn't do that to Trump so how do you kill Trump without doing that you murder him to the media you murder him through all his backroom deals. You murder him through what you consider, consider a conspiracy in Russia. But there's a very good possibility that he was installed as well because he is also bloodline. He is also related to this all is of true. them, right? So, I mean, he, he could be controlled opposition um, because they had to bring the rest of us around. Yeah, that's um, the way I lean is that he was 
probably controlled opposition, but you know, I don't know for sure. And I don't claim to, um, I just don't trust anyone that can get into those levels. And I don't trust his, his previous associations. I mean, uh, you know, his, his stance with Israel, things of that nature. I mean, there, there's plenty of red flags when it comes to it, but then again, he's done some things that make me question a lot of things, uh, as far as his whole presidency. So that's one of those that I'm still up in the air about, but I still don't trust, uh, trust him at all. So I'm, I'm, on, the, I'm on the fence about that, but hold on. So one of the ones, hold on. One of the ones that blew her mind when I brought this up, right? So Jacqueline Onassis Kennedy, right? She obviously married Onassis. Onassis was a big player Jacqueline in Europe. Kennedy Onassis. And yeah. he had, he was a, a old oil tycoon, big time money, old oil tycoon. He happened to invest shortly after meeting Jacqueline Kennedy Onassis, as I was just corrected by my wife. Um, he happened to invest in a small little co company called the Soros Foundation. George Soros would not be here today had JFK not been assassinated because Onassis would never have invested in the Soros Corporation back then in the 60s when he did after meeting Jacqueline Kennedy Onassis, which I find very happenstance it was just very odd i was like wow that's really interesting and then did you ever hear how he died onassis that is not obviously soros because he's still alive is he though onassis <laughs> died uh in a very odd car accident hmm. it was very odd because it was in his driveway <laughs> which is like Wait a minute. That's like getting suicided with two in the back of the head. Thank you. Right. So I'm just saying there's a lot of things that get real questionable there. But to say that this is not connected. So and the reason I bring this up, especially with the Templar and the bloodlines, is because there's one thing that the Templar always protected. They always protected they always protected people was their big thing. But after all of that kind of subsided and they took what they knew that they had had and they were protecting the bloodline, they always protected the bloodline. They were always about the bloodline. You can go back in history. doesn't matter where. The Templar are always there. And the Templars still exist today. They're still a, a sect of the Roman Catholic order. They're still here. They're out there. Um, I'm not one of them, um, but they not are there. Anyway. Uh, they are there. And it's crazy to think that even after all of this time, they're still here. Um, they're not a secret society like everybody claims. They're actually very open. But it's odd that they're still here and they still consider themselves knights. I just find that part of it odd. Now, you have the Knights of Columbus in the Catholic in the Catholic order. And that has nothing to do with the Templar. I am a Knight of Columbus. I can tell you right now that we have nothing to do with the Templars. And <clears throat> then you have the Templars. The Templars, are, it's a lot harder to get in there. I have not been able to crease that that fold yet i'd love to get in there just because i love the templars because i used to read the comic books way way back in the day and they had the little tiny boxes and i read the comic books about the templar and i love the stories to hear about the templar and what the templar did on their all of their all of their journeys everywhere they went to include even some of the comic books got into the fact that they came to the new world mm -hmm. the new world being america well According to a lot of the old comic books, they came to the New World to hide Mary's sarcophagus and to hide Sarah. And Sarah was bred in over here as well. So if you think about that... Into the Cherokee, actually. Yeah, because now you have an American Indian part of this. This all of a sudden starts connecting continents across the earth. 
which is really crazy because now you're you're elongating the bloodline. So the bloodline's going on even further. And if you don't think that the knights would they would encourage this type of behavior, absolutely you would be wrong because the knights would have been right there going, please keep it going because the more and more there are of you, the less and less we have to protect just one. We can then just let the order deal with all of the ones across the earth. So you said she she, she bred into the Cherokee? Correct. Right. So That's interesting. So you you uh you wonder- the, well, Cherokee or the Waltamathaw, uh, I believe is what they call themselves, the Waltamathaw Indians. They were before the Cherokee. Actually, they were, one of my best friends mm, is a Cherokee princess. They existed. And, uh, in, she is also RH negative, and she has similar family stories to my family stories. So They, they existed in northeastern Canada. It was the Waltama. They became the Cherokee, but it was what they were before they were the Cherokee. And uh, this Indian sect, yes, she was bred essentially into the Cherokee. Well, so, her children. So you, you were asking, you want to know where, where the RH negative bloodlines come from, right? And there's so many questions about this. Right. And I watched a, a very dry, like six hour long video on genetics and, you know, tracing all the genetics back to the original source. It was the driest thing I've ever seen. But right in the middle of it was a very interesting part. Um, and it's the reason I watched the whole thing because I was hoping to get more out of it. But it traces back. Because, you know, they say that everyone originally came from, what, Africa, Egypt area, right? And that's not actually true because in this presentation, I think think it was done by Cornell, actually. Yeah, we we found out that it actually came from Chad. There are, no, there are 13 points of origin across the world. 13 places that they can specifically pinpoint that different people came from. All at the same time, okay? And they, the, they're the 13 original RH negative bloodlines. And they trace the RH negative back to these. One of them is in Stuttgart, Germany. Um, there's another one here in North America that where the Cherokee are. Uh, they're in, oh. Celt. Yeah, in uh, the Celtic Islands. Um, in uh, some in Asia, in Japan, actually. Um, you had the French. In, you uh, had Saudi. You had the Saudi, you yep. had King Saud, you had uh, the so, Japanese, but the, the original Mongolian bloodline. So, you know, the, the question is, were they, were they Nephilim? Um, you know, were they fallen angels that bred with people here? If you go the biblical route, that's, that's a possibility. Um, were they aliens? Um, are, are RH positive people the result of a previous transhumanism experiment where they bred people to be out of monkeys to be their slaves that's another possibility me i think that aliens angels demons they're all the same they're all interdimensional creatures um they're they're all different aspects of the same thing so um i i think the rh negative is the original bloodline where it came from i i I can't know i can only guess um but i don't think anybody knows of course not but i do know what it brings with it so um and more than just, you know, the energy thing and, and having difficulty having children, having to find the, the right people to breed with without medical intervention. Um, that's, that's a, there's, there's a lot more to the RH negative than that. So uh, there's a reason that they've been trying to kill us. And I think the jab is 
Well, yeah, that's what I was just going to get into because we got a few minutes left and I want to I want to find out what you how you guys feel this all connects to what's going on now with the jab, with our dystopian future, with all the mandates, with everything going. Now we got Omicron, you know, it makes me think of a psychiatrist with the guy sitting on the couch. Is Omicron in the room with you? Can you see him? You know, this it's fucking nuts. Uh, but what do you how, do you how do you guys think all this connects to, you know, what we've been talking about with the RH negative, the Templars and uh, basically trying to kill off everybody and start a slave society? So I actually think we're in we're in biblical revelations. And I think that the the deep state cabal elite, whatever you want to call them, have been manipulating situations to mirror biblical events to bring about the end, right? To bring out, uh, bring about the end so that they can change it and that they win. Mm. But God knows more, right? God knows better. Whatever you call God, if you call it the source or the wizard behind the curtain, whatever it is, it's the thing that connects us all, right? If you've ever done any kind of psychedelic drugs, hallucinogenics, you see the energy that connects us all. That energy connects us all to God and connects us all to each other. That is the source, right? Um, I think the jab disconnects you from the source at the genetic level. So when you break down the meaning of words, DNA, dioxyribonucleic acid, and you break it down into the root words, dio is God, oxy is one, ribo can mean truth or translator, but in this case it's truth, nucleic is inside and acid is fire. So DNA, dioxyribonucleic acid, translates to the truth of the one God and the fire inside. RNA, or ribonucleic acid, is the translator to the fire inside mRNA, your messenger, goes between the translator and the truth of the one God inside you, back and forth, bringing that message back and forth. When you change the message, what happens? You're disconnected from the source. God can no longer feel your energy. You are no longer connected directly to God through, through your energy, through the source, because the message has changed. So your name is no longer written in the book of life. And when the end comes, or the beginning, I like to think of it as the beginning of something new, because there is no end, there can be no end, right? Nothing can be created or destroyed. What is here has always been and always will be. It just changes form. Now, Violin, um, you know, a lot of people are going to be like, that's, that's, that's fucking nuts. But when you look at uh, a few years ago at the TED Talk Bill Gates gave about trying to vaccinate people against spirituality, yeah, this wasn't an actual talk this dude gave, okay? So it's not that far-fetched. And, and I've heard many, many other people theorize about this before. And I happen to think the same thing. I think they're trying to get rid of our connection to source, you know? Yes. There's a lot of people that have come to the same conclusion through different paths. There have been uh, priests and monks that have come out and said that after they've gotten the jab, they are not able to hear God anymore. They're not able to talk to God. Some of them have been physically unable to pray. And it's taken 40 days and 40 nights for them to get back to the source. And that is very important, 40 days and 40 nights. Um, I, I can tell you that the son of God will be born again and soon in the summer, actually. Um, and, uh, I'm not sure if the rapture will occur before then or after then, but I do know that when it happens, they're going to try and fake some kind of an alien invasion to blame it on aliens instead of God. Um, but Things are only going to get worse from here, right? If, if you think things have been bad to date, be prepared because they're going to get worse. This is the time, and I, I never understood what this meant until recently when they say to put on the armor of God because I, I believed in God in, in a visceral way, right? I, 
I believed he was there. I, I understood there was something greater than all of us. I mean, I'm a hell. I, I actually have two crazy bloodlines. Um, my great great grandmother is Maria Orsic, who is the founder of the Vril Society. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Holy shit. Uh, yeah, right? Yeah, I can show you um, a picture that would I look that's crazy. Like her. her fucking jaw. I look just like her. Wow. And then and then my great grandfather was King Ludwig of Bavaria. Um, Maria Orsic actually warned my grandfather that they were coming for him during the hall or just before the Holocaust and to get out of Austria uh, because they were coming for his family because he was an elite royal bloodline before it was corrupted. He was a bastard bloodline. His grandfather or his, no, his, yeah, his grandfather, because King Ludwig is my great, great grandfather. So his grandfather, um, or. So just to give you an idea, take yeah. a good look at Velen real quick. <laughs> just take a good look at her, okay? Right. Now I'm going to show you something. If you can see it, I hope you can. Got a glare right there. Uh, let's see. I think your, your light's shining right on that. Yeah, there. of course it is. Well, um, what you do, should send me a picture, and I'm going to pop it yeah. up right oh, whenever oh. you show me the phone. I'll it to you. Hold so on. Uh, I'll edit it right over there. It's pretty crazy. It's, it's a yeah. scary picture. It's um, like. But yeah, it looks just like me. So she, she sure. warned my grandfather to get his family out of Bavaria. My grandfather was in love with her daughter, my grandmother, um, who he ended up obviously marrying. He actually went back to Germany after he left. He joined the American Army. Um, actually, he joined the OSS, as I later found out. And uh, he went back to Germany in the middle of the war and snatched my grandmother out of there and sent her back to the States. Um, which most people think that we're dead at this point. They, they believe my grandfather died. They believed that uh, my grandmother, that Marie Orsic's baby died. Um, but when I got the big message that I received, I was told that it wasn't about the Orsic bloodline. It was about the Jesus bloodline. Um, and uh, I will say that, that angels are real and they're, they've been talking to people. Um, I know this from personal experience. Um, God is trying to talk to you right now. God is trying to talk to all of us. And I was, again, never a hugely religious person until I had this crazy experience that uh, Mick didn't even believe for the longest time until I told him things that he said there was no way I could possibly know. And um, I'll, I'll say that now, now that the Spirit of God has filled me up so much, it's like it flows out of me all the time, right? The armor of God is is that faith, that belief that you are here for something greater, that there is a purpose to your life, that you are placed here in this time and in this place for a reason. And there's 144,000 of us, the remnant, that will stay to fight after everyone else is gone, that will stay here to fight the evil, that we have already given up our free will. Before we came to this life, before we came to this time in this place, um, we, we've already been judged and so we don't need to be judged again. And, and we're fighting. And uh, I found the way to figure out who is amongst us. So let me ask you this. Have you ever been woken up by the sound of a deep bell in the middle of the night? Like a gong? Hmm. I, I'm not sure, but I've had, uh, I've had angelic contact as well. Uh, so I've had, I've had plenty of, uh, of my own, um, conversations with, uh, with our, our cosmic friends. So, um, yes, I, I, I do know that, uh, with uh, the the um the feeling and the psychic communication and uh, i've had plenty of messages myself so um i'm part of the club there <laughs>
So the message that I got is, is to tell my truth, um, to tell the truth as much as, as people would listen. Um, and, and I got this message well after we started our podcast, but I realized that we, we, were, we were led to start our podcast um, and we're just along for the ride. And we've become moderately successful, not through anything that we've done. We just stuck a microphone on the side of a computer and started talking, right? We felt we had something to say. And, and we've met all these amazing people and we've ended up at these huge events and we've, it's, it's blown up. We've gotten these awesome guests and we, we talk about these fantastic subjects and none of it is us, right? It's, it's all... We're, we're just along for the ride. It's just the path that we were led down. We just have to follow our path because that path is going to come to an end soon. So um, I would say everybody just needs to be prepared. And when I say be prepared, I don't just mean, you know, buying land and, and starting a garden, getting some chickens. We're doing that. Um, but you have to be physically and mentally prepared and spiritually prepared because a lot of people are going to die. A lot of people have already died and a lot of people are dying and people don't even realize it because it's being covered up so much. That's a really traumatic thing for everyone to go through. And there's a lot of children that are going to be left behind. That is just as traumatic. What's going to happen to them? Are we going to let the state raise them and indoctrinate them? I don't think so. Um, we have a big fight on our hands coming up that takes a lot of mental preparation. And uh, the, the spiritual preparation, you know, there's Everybody right now is being bombarded. I'm sure you felt the energy change last year and again in the summer, um, specifically last December when the Star of Jesus was visible in the sky, the Star of Bethlehem for the first time in 682 years. And then uh, over the summer, we had um, what's called the Eye of God where the, there was a configuration of a star and a planet that looks like, it actually looks like the, uh, the symbol from the communist flag and it's called the, the eye of God. And then as no, the, it's the, the star Muslim moves, flag, the Muslim flag. Okay. The, the devil's eye is what it's called. Well, when it's above, it's the eye of God. And then as the star goes below, it's uh, below the moon, it's called the devil's eye. And that again is an indicator that we are in the end times that something is coming. Um, and, well, and we're it's in, coming at least fast. in the beginning of tribulations. If, if you read the Bible and you actually take it by word, you look at the beginning of tribulations. A couple of things that they talk about is what, what, was, what was seen, what was above will be below, and what will be below will be above. And one of the things they talk, they're talking about is they're referring to is what the three kings saw the night that they rode off into the desert, shut their houses down, and set all their slaves free, and rolled off looking for Jesus. Well, now they're saying we're going to see the same thing, and then shortly thereafter we will see the opposite of what we saw before that and we have seen both of those things so far if you're following biblical scholars and everything else now again i'm always reminded and i'm always remiss to, to be the first one to say when we say these things also remember that a council of 23 men who were considered lords at the time met about this shit and said that hey this is what's going to be in the printed version understand that there's a whole separate bible out there the gnostic gospels uh they're all out there uh you have to read the gnostic gospels as well there's a lot of people that don't read the gnostic gospels sure. i am one of the few catholics that will say honestly outright and forefront i've read the gnostic gospels not because i believe that the gnostic gospels are what actually took place but i believe that they add to shit that you never even knew of judas yeah. wrote a gospel judas the guy who betrayed jesus wrote a gospel before he betrayed jesus he wrote a gospel about jesus's life and what jesus did 
again, supporting the facts that are already in evidence that Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John all wrote. They all wrote their own gospels. Judas wrote a gospel. Mary Magdalene wrote a gospel about Jesus. She talks about how he loved her more than he loved any of the other disciples. That is a fucking true testament to the fact. And she actually refers to, um, they refer to each other as, um, not companions, but, um, um, oh shit. I can't remember. It's essentially that, that, it's marriage, essentially, yeah, back the word then. word for spouse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's essentially, she refers to Jesus as her spouse within her own gospel. That, in and out of itself, shows you that, yes, there was something else going on there that, again, Dan Brown picked up on. He relayed in his own books and his movies. Uh, also, really great stuff. I mean, Dan Brown did a lot of research. He really did. And then he crafted his own story into it don't get me wrong the story that he crafted is is complete crap but the historical reference that he uses is right on the money and it is amazing what he brings up the rose line what the rose line means to not only the templar but what it means to the bloodlines uh what it means how it divided bloodlines at one point in time in this in this culture you have to look at all geograph there were geographical regions that stopped the bloodline there are all sorts of different things that divided the bloodline the rose line uh however you want to look at it cost was was primarily to kill as many of the bastard bloodline as they could find because israel it was, did it not, have not the one... primary focus to kill the jews um that was a a side benefit in hitler's mind per se um and i don't believe as many jewish people were killed as as what they say because it's just like how you know they rolled out 7 billion vaccines in under a year. It's not physically possible, right? You, you, it just doesn't happen that way. So um, the Holocaust was designed to, to hunt down the bastard bloodlines. Um, and just like the children, the descendants of Jesus and Mary were here to marry into those other bloodlines, those other 13 original bloodlines, right? They are the 14th bloodline. They married into the other bloodlines to try and uncorrupt them, if you will, right? Bring them away from the dark, bring them, bring them back to the light, bring them back to God. And unfortunately they were not successful because, you know, um, the Rothschilds took the same playbook and did the same thing, but the opposite way. So it's really now just just we bastards that are that are left of the the good blood. And one of the crazy parts about the bloodlines that's a tough one to follow, but if you look at like for instance, Bill Gates. Bill Gates was not one of those, you know, he wasn't on his own independently wealthy. He eventually Bill became Bill Gates' mother was a Maxwell and he is cousins with Ghislaine, I'm just saying. That's <laughs> part of it, but um, if you look at also who he married, if if you think that that was not scripted, you're higher than a kite because that was definitely scripted and that was a scripted for a very, very good reason. His wife was of the uh, Rothschild's bloodline. She is of a, she's a Rothschild descendant. She was a descendant of uh, uh, Mary DeWitt. Uh, she's one of the big ones. And to believe for a second that those two are not somehow connected or that was not pre-planned uh you gotta be everything is planned everything has been planned for hundreds of years this whole thing this the mrna vaccine that's been planned since i mean the the vaccine well the vaccine itself i mean this the the rollout of this particular mrna vaccine has been planned since 
2015 from what no, we No, early, earlier than that. Well, I, I, mean, I mean, we can prove. No, Fauci started talking about this in the 80s with HIV. So it's been planned since then. Um, oh, for sure. they, they started developing it in 2012. I want to say uh, uh, Dr. Ott claimed that uh, – when you had that homeless guy in Miami that ate the face off the other guy that he mm. was actually, uh, they were testing, testing the vaccine on, on him at the time. And that's why he went cannibal. Right. Isn't that crazy? Um, they, yeah. they patented it back in, yeah, like 2005. Well, 2015. It, is it was a, the well, actual it patent patented was, as a veterinary vaccine yeah. first. Um, so they've been developing this forever. Everything that's happened in the past year has been specifically to inoculate the entire population of the world for control that's it. for for compliance um to to decimate your vmat2 gene which mm-hmm. is the one that that connects you to god the one that bill gates was talking about to disconnect you from the source um it, the, you know killing off 70 percent of the people that take it again that's a side benny for them they're all about control that's it they're all about control think yeah. about it. how easy was it for them to get freaking um Masks on people's faces. Oh yeah, I mean, within a day, people were wearing face muzzles. Uh, I mean, it's it's really fascinating and it's terrifying to see what's going on right now. But I'm I'm wondering if you think that uh, you know you, you were saying that there's you know people basically coming online every day and realizing you know what's going on and and their purpose and there's only going to be a select few that that are going to be doing so and to me it seems like those that you know if you're if you aren't seeing what's going on right now if you aren't woken up and you're not at least uh getting a hold of what you should be doing to counter this i think it may be almost too late because things have been accelerating and i i don't know i don't feel like they're winning i think like they're throwing this omicron at us and i think that they feel like they're in a corner and they're throwing everything at us like toilet paper and q-tips to try and keep us away but they don't have anything left and i don't know what else they can can do to to kind of keep us from waking up and realizing this is all BS, but I do think a lot more people than they want us to believe are awake right now. And that gives me hope. Um, but, you know, I, I'd also like to to close out with your thoughts on, do you think that it is inevitable that we're going to have this, um, you know, apocalyptic uh, future where, you know, we could be looking at basically what it says in the book of Revelations? Yes. I, I do think it's inevitable. Um, I, I was initially told that we had 10 years and then very shortly thereafter, within 40 days and 40 nights of that point, um, I was told that we had less than 10 months before the the start of the absolute insanity. Um, and I asked, why? Why the change? You know, you said 10 years and now all of a sudden it's 10 months. I mean, why does that change? And uh, I, I was told that you know, God, God sped up the timeline, um, that, uh, we, we don't control it. So that, uh, if, if one side speds up the timeline, the other side has to speed it up to adjust accordingly. Um, so what comes next? I think we have a little bit of, 
a little bit of a lull. I think we're going to feel like we're winning for a while. We have a little bit more time to bring more people over, to wake more people up. And I think you're, I think you're absolutely right. More people wake up every day. And I think a lot fewer people are vaccinated than what they say on the news, right? Everywhere yeah. I yeah. hear, everywhere I talk to, they're like, oh, 70% of my company is not vaccinated. You know, um, you know, only 30, 38% of my old job before they put in the mandate was vaccinated. Um, I just wasn't going to play their bullshit game. So I walked, but, um, I mean, I would say less than 40% of the country is, is actually probably taking the jab. I think a lot more people are awake than what they want you to know. And we have a little bit more time to wake up as many more as we can. Um, the winter is going to be a dark winter, but that's just because so many people are going to die from reaction to the jab. Their immune systems have been completely decimated. You lose 5% a week after the jab. Essentially, you're going to die from AIDS. That's really what it is. They call it VAIDS now, V-A-I-D-S. It's vaccine autoimmune disease. Um, and yeah. a, a lot of people are going to die over the winter. And, and that is going to be a horrible, tragic thing. Um, the spring, the summer... Uh, the 4th of July is going to be a very, very big day, um, you know, Independence Day. And that, I think, is going to be the turning point. Um, not that it's going to get better, but I think that is the, the actual official start of, of what's going to happen from there. So now, now that the doom and gloom is done. I am the mother of the apocalypse. <laughs> she is. Uh, I, I, I like to uh, be the one that... Uh, not all the time, but I like to bring the hopium back. Um, <laughs> Usually you know, I'm the one smoking the hopium pipe. Yeah. So. On this one, I, I kind of am. I, I believe that there is uh, there is a way. I, th I think uh, we have to wake up a whole lot more people. Uh, I don't believe for a second that it's not going to be done without bloodshed. I believe that there will be bloodshed for, I think that eventually we will end up going through a second revolution. Uh, I've seen... I've already seen some of the writing on the wall concerning that. Um, again, Joe Biden, one of the big things he's pushing is vaccine of veterans. Uh, why is he pushing vaccine of veterans? Because Control. the 3% of, Amer of America that rose up in the American Revolution originally in 1776 was those that had already fought in the, American in the French and Indian War. Um, the uh, had already fought in the war of 1812, uh, uh, not 1812, sorry, but uh, had already fought in the first uh, battles under uh, Howe and everyone else in um, the European invasion, if you will, of, um, of the Americas. Um, that has a lot to do with what is going on right now, I think, because those were Americans who had been living here for some time, had fought with the Indians, had uh, then fought against the Indians, and then all of a sudden became subjects of the crown and said, oh, you will do what we say or else uh, we will tax the shit out of you. And um, the more and more I continue to look and the more and more I continue to see more people. And it's uh, the real one. The one that kind of really set me off one day is I saw a picture and it was crazy because it was on Fox News of all fucking places. Um, there are a bunch of shills right off the bat, so I'm, I'm not even going to continue on with that one. But those shills were showing a flagpole that had the Gatson flag flying by itself. And if you know anything about what the Gatson flag really, really absolutely means, the Gatson flag flying by itself with no American flag above it and nothing below it, um, 
that was the signal that the revolutionaries used in 1776 to say, hey, look, we're ready to start fighting now. It's time to, we're going to go ahead and put our arms up because they weren't allowed to say anything. They weren't allowed to put anything in newspapers. They weren't allowed to put anything. And when I saw Fox News put the Gatson flag up by itself on a uh, flagpole, I sat there and said, well, that's kind of a signal, folks. Um, I'm not really sure who's not paying attention to it, but uh, this motherfucker is, and I can tell you right now I'm ready to go whenever you all are. But um, And again, it's the 3% that are going to be the first ones to fire any shots at anybody, and I believe so many more Americans are on, t- on board with that. Um, that it scares the elites. I, I believe that it scares the elites. I believe it scares the New World Order. And uh, I know that the New World Order knows that they cannot take over the rest of the world without taking control of America. And if they can't get a control of America, um, then you're all fucked. But I think if we can do it in America first, and we can, again, be the last bastion of hope like we've always been for everybody uh, across the world and this eerily sounds like a fucking star wars episode but if we can be that last bastion of hope for everybody else in the universe and everybody else in the world then by god i i think we've got something there george i'm just saying oh yes sir Nick comes at everything from a military aspect, obviously, and I come at things from a spiritual aspect. But what we have in common here is that we both think we're going to win. You know, if you go if you go the spiritual route, if you go the biblical route, the, the end is already written. You know, we, we know what's going to happen. It's not pretty. It's not an easy path to get there. Um, but we do win in the end. And I don't think it's the end. I think it's the beginning of something new and the beginning of something better, a, a lot better. I mean, it can't get much worse than, than what we're in now. Well, I say that, but it can and it will. Um, and, and Mick thinks we're going to win, too. I was about to too. say Kamala could be yeah. president. <laughs> yeah. Um, good old camel toe herself. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, and, and Mick thinks we're going to win, too. It's, it's going to be a hard fight. I mean, either, either path you go down, and they're not mutually exclusive because, you know, we can, we can war and fight on the ground and still be in the middle of a spiritual war between good and evil because that's really what it comes down to and now is the time that people have to choose a side you have to either choose to be on the side of good or choose to be on the side of evil and the good path is not the easy path the the easy path the compliance path the put on a mask take your booster take your next booster take the pill live in fear that's the evil path don't choose that path do not comply the hard right over the easy wrong for sure, hundred percent, man. I agree with you guys so much, and this was amazing information. I'm gonna have to have you guys back on for sure. Um, before you guys head out, I would love for you to tell us where everybody can find your podcast, if you have any social media and things of that nature. And also, I just want to add, I think we've already won. I think that it's like a, a chess game that's been that's been lost to them already. I think that we may be seven or eight moves ahead, and they just keep trying to position themselves to have the populace believe that they still have a chance to win. But I think cosmically on a spiritual grand scale, we've already won and they're just, it's all an illusion from now on. But, you know, I think we will have tough times. Like you both said, there may be bloodshed, uh, but I think ultimately we will come out uh, in a better place on the other side. But uh, yeah, guys, thank you again for coming on. Let the audience know about your podcast and where they can find you. Sure. So we're the Patriot Party podcast. We uh, we do four or five shows a week, uh, two new shows, which run about two, two and a half hours. And then we do a lot of interviews, uh, a lot of 
doctors, lawyers, politicians, all kinds of great stuff. Uh, we throw the occasional conspiracy theory episode in there. We used to do a lot more of those, but they all came true. So now we primarily concentrate on the news because it's even crazier than our conspiracy theories. So you can listen to our podcasts at uh, the Audible version at patriotparty.podbean.com, or you can find us on Rumble. Just look up the Patriot Party podcast and... Uh, yeah, and you can yeah, you also can watch it there. Yeah, um, we can, have a, a Telegram page. Um, just look up uh, the Patri- Patriot Party Pod Chat is our Telegram page, and uh, that's where our chat room. I do have a news page as well. It's the Patriot Party Podcast, um, and I'm on Twitter for now at uh, VLinQ. And uh, I've been removed from everything. Today. Yeah, <laughs> good job. Congratulations. This is like my sixth. <laughs> Twitter account. We're permanently banned from Facebook. Um, it's a badge on, of honor. Yeah, we're on it really is. Get, I'm yeah. getting more on Getter. I have an account, but I don't really use it. And CloudHub as well. I occasionally post videos on CloudHub, but they make it more difficult by the day. So, um, you know, so Rumble and, uh, oh, and the Red Pill Project. So Yeah, well, you can yeah. also find us at the Red Pill Project. Um, and they're out of Denver as well. Another uh, pod, you know, another pod podcast out of Denver. We post all of our stuff to their stuff and uh, they post their stuff to our stuff, the whole thing. We're kind of a joint venture, um, become a, a rather big, uh, we're, they have their own social uh, media bit and the social, social red, red pill. pill yeah. And we're on there. I'm on there as much as I can get on there just to post news and what other, whatever other information I could put out there, um, talk to people, whatnot. Um, and uh, yeah, that's about the long and the short of it. Awesome. Well, Mick, thank you so much for your service. Thanks for coming on. Velen, thank you so much. We're going to have to definitely do this again sometime. Uh, so I will stay in touch and uh, we'll get we'll get another one of these hooked up soon. Sounds good. Sweet. Thank you so awesome, much for guys. coming on. It's amazing. For sure. And until next time, everyone, uh, have an excellent evening. We'll talk again tomorrow. <laughs>